Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. Good day, listener. This is Matt Tevy. You're listening to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. We mm-hmm. did a recording a few weeks ago about five uh, traits of toxic leadership and received yeah. an incredible amount of feedback and responses and reflections from you all. And we had intended for it to be a one-off episode, but because of the thoughtfulness and tenderness of what you shared, it we decided to do a follow-up episode. Mm-hmm. So Ben and Christy yeah. are joining me today. And we, we are. are going yeah. to um, do a few things. One, I think reflect on some of the things that you all said, some of the things that struck us and stood out to us. And then two, I think it is prudent for us to maybe name, we kind of did this in the first episode, but maybe more pointedly, more uh, be more blatant about it. Name, you know, five signs of a healthy leadership culture. Yeah, some some of the... How like naming the, not necessarily the opposite, but sort of the opposite, like um, or the antidote maybe to some of the, uh, sign, the toxic toxic culture yeah. signs that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. yeah. So it was an outpouring, I guess you could say, uh, for us of responses from y'all, and a lot of people yeah. sharing stories yes. where they they felt like the five signs that we talked about and the dynamics we named that they experienced them personally. I guess, mm-hmm. Ben and Christy, for y'all, when you read these emails we got, what stood out to you? Man. A lot. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, it's, it's hard to narrow it down for me because we did, I mean, for us, uh, this did get probably more responses than we've ever gotten mm-hmm. to any single um, podcast episode. Um, and so one of the things that struck me was just, um, just a feeling of um, heartbreak that um, something like an episode uh, called Five Signs of Toxic Leadership would resonate so much with people. Yeah. Like I was just like, I was like uh, just heartbroken yeah. that this is so common, um, in, especially in the Christian world. Like a lot of people talked, you know, a lot of people talked about encountering 
um, just like we did these toxic leadership um, facets of a, of a toxic leadership culture in the church or in Christian ministries of one kind or another. And um, I don't know, it just is so heartbreaking to me that, um, that this is so common, uh, especially in the church. Yeah. It actually made me think like, I, I wish I would have shared some happy stories of growth and health that I am experiencing um, because I think our listeners need to hear those stories too. Um, so can I share? Can I share two quick happy stories? Yes, do it. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Happy, I don't know if happy is the right word. I feel like healthy stories is probably the right word, which sure. makes my heart happy. But yeah. um, I, in in past jobs, I've been in environments where I was the only female preacher on a preaching team, mm-hmm. and. When I was a part of that group, I had to give my sermon to other people on the preaching team, and, and, and then they could critique me and tell me the things I needed to change before I actually preached it on Sunday morning. Wait, 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 Chrissy. So you it, had to basically audition your sermon for the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and then they gave you feedback that you then incorporated into your message? You know, the good girl in me, I, I hear you. I, I believe their hearts did not realize what they were doing um, because I was the only one that had to do that in this group. Um, <laughs> the other men did, didn't have to do that, right? Yeah. But when I came into a healthy environment, um, I was, first of all, not the only woman on the preaching team, which is a beautiful thing. But at the first meeting I was at, at the end of the meeting, I said, okay, you know, now, now we have the schedules and we've got it all planned out and this is what we're going to do. Um, and in this group, we all share our sermons and our ideas and our illustrations and we dialogue about it a month before, mm. not the week before, a month before. So there can actually mm. be voice into it, which I think is healthy. But two, I said to my boss, okay, do I need to preach this to you like on Thursday or something before the Sunday I'm going to preach? And my boss looked at me and he said, Christy, you don't have to preach this to me because you're a woman and you don't have to preach this to me because you're new. Mm. And I had, I just cried, <laughs> just tears of like, I did not realize what I was holding, yes. like yeah. that that had been my culture and to see a new way of, of being a part of a team, to see yeah. a new way of someone treating me um, brought real freedom and real joy and real healing. And so I thought as I as I heard these emails and these stories from our listeners, I thought, man, we need to hear and celebrate, remember and celebrate these new stories of health that it doesn't have to be like the toxic culture that we talked about. There is a possibility of it being healthy. Yeah. That's really great, Christy. I, I appreciate you sharing that story. I think um, that can be helpful because because of one of the other things that stood out to me in, in these emails that we got is um, just how much it costs people to leave these cultures. Um, and so, you know, you would think, I don't know, you would think, oh, wow, this is toxic. I'm going to get out, you know, and that would be like a no brainer, <laughs> but I'm, I'm struck in these, in these responses by how difficult it is for people to see the toxicity and, and to leave it um, because they're losing a lot. This isn't just, you know, like, man, I ate, <laughs> I ate some bad yogurt. I'm going to avoid that brand from now on. Like the choices that people have to make here are leaving relationships, leaving just their sense of identity of who they are, 
um, long-standing belonging in a, in a church environment, you know, where, where, you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't all bad. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's love in those environments and there's, there's belonging in those environments. And, and for people to make the decision to say, this is not good for me and it's not good for, it's actually not good for the, the people who are hurting me. It's actually not good for us to be in this kind of relationship where this is the norm for them to disrupt that and to leave that it costs people tremendously. And so that, that was another thing that I was struck by that. It was just like, it's so difficult to see notice name and leave um, these places. It's really hard. Yeah. It actually made me want each of these writers to sit across the table from me Mm -hmm. and for us to cry together, for me to hear their story in full, for me to like, to, to kind of catch their tears in a way of, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What, two things. struck you, Matt? Yeah. Two things stand out to me, Christy, about what you said. The first is how we, we don't, we don't know the cost of these abusive or toxic cultures until somebody names them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the pastor we kind of named them last week, but the pastor went beyond naming it and like proclaim good news to you. Yeah. Right. So, so it wasn't just naming the bad news, but was declaring good news and your body right. just released all the things it was holding. Um, yeah. Cathartic really. Right. Cathartic. Uh, so I noticed that. Um, and the second thing I notice is, and this this is kind of moving into this five signs of a healthy leadership culture. So maybe we'll just toggle back and forth as we go. But the first sign is that, remember we talked about in an unhealthy culture, the, the power flows up and in mm-hmm. um, and is consolidated, right? Um, rather than down and out. And when you when power flows up and in and is consolidated, the people at the top are the gatekeepers, they have to, they, they get to be essentially the police, right? So then, yes, you can preach, Christy, but we're going to police what you say. And if you aren't, if you don't do it the way we want you to do it, we won't let you do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's responsibility, right? You have to preach this Sunday, but, the, but we retain the authority, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in a healthy leadership culture, you go from a kind of gatekeeping and policing to collaborating and empowering. So instead of me holding the authority and giving you responsibility and you have to perform in such a way that then I let you do the responsibility, uh, we, uh, healthy leadership cultures confer authority like Jesus, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, yeah. and they don't do that in an... Um, irresponsible way. So it may be right. irresponsible for a, a pastor who just hires you, who's never heard you preach, say, yeah, go ahead, preach. I don't care what you say, whatever. Right. Um, it may be, it may go great. It may not. But we do just, we do something similar at our church where we mm-hmm. call people in. And these are people who haven't preached as much as you have, Christy. We call people into a um, kind of a cohort, collaborative cohort where sermons are worked on together. And, there's collaboration and there's generative conversation. And then when, when these people get up to preach, most of them are women uh, this year in our College of Preachers, we call it. Um, it really is the community had shaped the message and they mm-hmm. feel more 
comfortable and secure in what they're saying, but also too, like, I feel like we've done our responsibility as leaders to not just throw, throw them to the wolves, so to speak, uh, but really prepare them and equip them. So that's yeah. the first big difference. And then I'd love to hear if I'm naming this in a way that comports to your experience, Christy, is instead of when power flows up and in, it's gatekeepers and, we, and there's police, there's withholding of authority and giving of responsibility. But mm-hmm. in, in a healthy leadership culture, the, plow, the, the power flows down and out. So you actually confer authority with the responsibility, but it's, yeah. but it's a responsible giving of authority so that there's a collaborative, generative community around people so that they don't fall yeah. flat on their face or they don't do things that, you know, can hurt other people as much, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing I would add is at former places where I've worked, I think the heartbeat, the reason they told me they were doing this was for it to be collaborative, mm. except for that it actually wasn't collaborative. Right. right? Yeah. And so, and so now where I'm at, it is a, a month before I'm preaching, I have my sermon written and I am listening to what people are, you know, Hey, have you thought about this? Or what do you think mm-hmm. about this? Or, you know, whatever. And it's actually very, very helpful rather than like fear-based. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. what am I going to do wrong this time? What do I have to fix the Friday night before the Sunday that I got to preach it? And, yeah. you know, what I don't know. And so, um, it's, yeah, I just yeah. see that the real benefit of team Mm-hmm. being played out now in my life, which yeah. is really fun and beautiful and good. And I think the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I think we could probably do a whole series on, on what this means, because I think one of the mistakes that people make, if they've been hurt in a, like a um, power flows up and in kind of culture where, um, uh, you know, authority is hoarded and, and, and sort of kept from people. One of the mistakes we make is we, we try to pretend that nobody has authority we try to we try to pretend that hey we're all just kind of doing this together right and uh, come on everybody everybody contributes and we're all just going to do it together but if we it, that's not conferring authority to confer authority you have to own that you have to you have to own that you own it that you have it actually yeah. right and so and so I, I think that's that can be a challenge sometimes for people to who've been hurt by authority you know if they come into an experience where they have authority it can actually be a, a crucible for some people to say you know what i have to for me to responsibly uh confer authority i have to own that i have it mm-hmm. um otherwise you uh, the irony is you can actually end up hurting people by not by pretending that you don't have authority when you actually do have it yeah you know that's right yeah. um and so I, I think that's been super helpful for us and 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 we do we just have to own it like you know, Matt and I planted this church and we've got a third co-pastor now. We carry more authority than anybody else in that church just by virtue of our position there. And we have to own that if we're not going to sort of abuse it mm-hmm. um, either intentionally or you can actually accidentally or sort of inadvertently end up hurting people by pretending you don't have authority. Yeah. And there's age at work here too. We co-pastor with another guy, but he's what, 10 right. years younger than us, almost 15. Uh-huh. And so I think yeah. people people uh, script onto us a, a greater status or honor. Um, right. And then I have a mustache, so everybody automatically thinks I'm in charge. <laughs> that that kind of has a dual effect. I think some Does people it? are oh. like, wow, that guy's super impressive. Mm-hmm. I think there's like maybe one or two people. Mm-hmm. And then I think probably 98% of the people are like, what's that guy doing? He's not a real pastor. Uh, let's pull the people. <laughs> the numbers may be different. Uh, uh-huh.
And now, a word from a sponsor. The Gravity Podcast is sponsored by the Gravity Formation Course, our 12-month cohort-based training in practical spiritual formation, where you'll learn how to notice how God is already at work in your life so you can participate more fully in the life that God shares with us. It is a discipleship process that goes beyond just gaining more knowledge and trying out some new practices. In the Gravity Formation course, we go below the surface of our lives so that we can notice and name our deepest desires in God's presence and to discern how God is at work in those desires to lead us toward holistic flourishing, more transformation, more life, more joy, more love. We've trained hundreds of people from all over the world in this formation framework, and it's helped many people to have a sense of God at work in their lives and learn to be more at home in God's love. If you'd like to learn more, go to gravitycommons.com slash formation. All right, let's get back into our conversation. Uh, all, right, all right, let's move on to number two here. Yeah, we, okay. we talked about we talked about the uh, toxic culture, leadership culture has a reality distortion field where you're being gaslit or uh, there's there's a story yeah. kind of like you just shared, Christy, like this previous church you worked at, the people who were gatekeeping and policing actually thought they were collaborating. Mm. They, they probably weren't, they That's probably right. weren't act like intentionally lying to you. They probably were telling right. themselves, this is what I'm doing. But yeah. absolutely. Right? Um, <clears throat> but uh, that's not what they were doing. Your body felt that and knew that, mm-hmm. so that when you're in a new place and somebody proclaims the good news of what the newness is, your body's like, "Thank you." <laughs> right? It's like a surprise party every day here. <laughs> that's so good. It's unbelievable. I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. So reality dis- uh, distortion. To uh, I'm tr- want to name this as. Um, that reality is complicated. Mm. So, um, one of the one of the things about reality distortion is that a few people get to tell the story about what's happening. There's an official story, and whatever their story is, we run with, right? And I think yeah. that what I've learned in leadership is, I I don't have I have convictions about the story, <laughs> right? Um, for instance, we just left our denomination, and, and one of these days, we're going to launch the Gravity Commons, and Ben and I are going to tell some of that story, I think, for our Commons listeners. But I had a story that I was telling myself about why we were leaving and how we were leading our leaving. But other people, because of their their own stories, their own perspectives, their experiences, some, some of them had trauma going on, they, they told themselves a different story. For them, their reality of how they experienced our leaving the church did not line up with the story I was telling. And I, as a leader, had a choice. I could argue with them, you're wrong, which we all know they would experience as gaslighting, right? Or, and this is what I'm learning to do, is to just say, yeah, reality is complicated, and leaving our denomination can feel like this to me, but it can feel totally different to you. And, mm-hmm. and maybe that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a huge sign of maturity, Matt. I mean, I don't think that most people 
tell stories that way or are open to saying what you're experiencing can be kind of true for you and that's real for you. And then, but the, the story that's, that I'm experiencing myself is different. And mm-hmm. so it is complicated. And sometimes we say that and then we're like, wait, wait, no, no, it's gotta be the same, but yeah. we're different people. Yeah, I, yeah. And I want to be clear, like I got there, but, but at first I was like, Hey, X, Y, and Z are why we're leaving. And people g- gave feedback of like, well, I don't see X, Y, and Z. And my first, my first impulse is, well, let me explain it to you. <laughs> let me help you see it. You know, let me, yeah. let me give you the evidence. And then the data or the evidence or the stories that are persuasive or influential to me aren't for them. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't compute. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't right. add up. Maybe they have contra data that I don't have that seems inconsequential to me, but very consequential to them. So it, it was fear and trembling. It was a lot of wrestling for me to get to a place mm-hmm. where I just had to say, uh, bless you. Yeah, 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 and I, I think that you know, I, my we can talk more about it, you know, in the uh, in the commons mm-hmm. when we get that launched again. But um, be on the lookout, twenty twenty seven, the potential <laughs> launch for that. No, come on, now. come on. <laughs> um, I, hey, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's going to be no, this I, year. I know you are this year. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Naming it and anyway. It. Um, I I recognize that as well as um, that that was part of the crucible. Uh, for me in that process was learning to not argue with people about sort of things that they were not asking questions about, you know, I mean, there were, there were some people, so it's interesting because you, you have to kind of read this. Um, yeah. You, you have to, you have to interpret where people are coming from because there were some people who had genuine questions. They were surprised by the move and they were, had genuine questions and were like, well, this was my impression of things. And, can you talk to me more about this? Mm-hmm. And we, you know, then it's like, oh, sure. Well, let me talk to you more about this. And and we can sort of offer evidence and all of that kind of thing. Um, but, but there was a different, um, a different posture sometimes um, that, that gets manifested where it's like, like this is a non-starter for me for these reasons. And I think it's wisdom and it's love um, at that point to not try to argue them into seeing things your way, but just to say, you know what, I, I get why this is, feels impossible to you. And um, and I'm sorry that, you know, that we're at this, at this place at where this we, impasse. it appears we cannot walk together anymore in this, in the way that we have. And that's sad, but real. Maybe just one last thing that I would say, um, in relationship to this is that it, it did f- like, like you said, Matt, it was fear and trembling to, to be able to enter into this because, um, because it did take some, uh, there was like a, it felt like a death, um, for me to not, to sort of not argue what I felt like yep. was a, was a good perspective oh, yeah. and a uh, laudable, you know, way of seeing things. And, um, and so, yeah, so I think, I think that's, you know, these, uh, a healthier leadership culture doesn't come about by, um, you know, accident. I think, uh, it comes about by sort of these kinds of things are just like walking forward in fear and trembling and trying to make a good decision and trusting Jesus um, that when things aren't going the way that you want them to go or as smoothly as you yep. hoped they would go, it's, it's difficult. Well, and I, you said it's like a death. It is like toxic leadership. When, when people are walking away from their communities and 
their churches and friends, it's a death. And it doesn't just end overnight. And I think we we heard some of that in these emails and in responses of this is a process of people really grieving. And um, and so maybe they just need to hear yeah. they're not alone in that. They're yeah. not the only one grieving in this. Yeah. So a few a few artifacts I've learned to help move from as a leader trying to control the narrative to uh, living as though reality is complicated. And that is fight hard to listen to what people are saying and reflect back, reflect it back without arguing or changing it or judging it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Two, learn to say things like, I appreciate that that is your conviction. I think we disagree on this. And that's let good. it go. And that's let really it go. Good. Like, mm-hmm. and that that's, uh, I think we are, we aren't comfortable enough about holding disagreement. We feel like we have to fix it or manage it or solve it. And sometimes, yeah. right, sometimes uh, Paul and Barnabas have to split up. Yep. You know? And uh, I, this is 20,000 feet. When we get into the weeds, there are certain things that I just won't disagree with you about. I won't tolerate this kind of disagreement, right? But there are countless things that I, that I will hold disagreement with people about. And learning how to let that go, learning that I don't get to control that. Right now, we use mm-hmm. a, a a plate for communion, and the light from the ceiling flashes off my eyes, blinds me. I'm I'm almost falling down. <laughs> but I just uh, I it's just not, count it. Uh, I I Paul, just store in my body what's lacking in the cross of Christ. Paul, and Paul got knocked off his horse by the presence of Jesus. But Matt, every time he tries to serve communion, gets every time. gets knocked down by the. But just the stage. Reality's complicated. I don't get to choose the plate. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Number three. Number three. Okay. So, so um, distributing power, conferring authority. Number two, holding that reality is complicated and learning to appreciate and hold space for disagreement without needing to control mm-hmm. or manage or solve it. Uh, number three, we talked about uh, an unhealthy leadership, toxic leadership was a loyalty culture, right? where everybody had to show deference to and support of either the brand or the head honcho. And Mm -hmm. to break sort of ranks was to become a heretic. You know, you became the person who's the problem, you're runoff, et cetera. And I want to, I'm having trouble naming this, but I think think the antidote or the uh, other side of the coin that that leads to a, a healthy, leadership culture mm-hmm. is not a loyalty culture, but a love culture that, mm-hmm. that, that honor isn't placed on a person and you have to show fealty or make, make oblation to that person, but rather honor is given to the virtuous. And so we learn how to, like Paul talks about in first Corinthians, we learn how to give honor to every part of the body. See, I think this is, part of the first Corinthians context that is so helpful for like a celebrity culture, toxic leadership culture today. It's there's so much evidence that first Corinthians people wanted a hero. They wanted a mega yeah. pa- church pastor. They wanted a celebrity basically, preacher yeah. in first yeah. Corinthians. And Paul writes the entire letter basically to be like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Um, mm-hmm. And so par- part of him saying that is like learn learn how to give honor to the lesser parts, right? 
And I think that that, uh, I'm naming that as a love culture that we take. And that's where Paul ends his basically mm-hmm. apologetic for how to, the, the antidote for this celebrity culture that you want in Corinth is first Corinthians 13. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So that's the third thing moving from a loyalty yeah. culture to a love culture. Yeah. I, I like that. There's the, <clears throat> there's a lot to reflect on there that feels difficult uh, for me to articulate uh, right now as well, because I think there's uh, this, this feels like, um, you know, we don't honor, we honor one another, like virtue is honored rather than position um, is honored. Um, and I think that we learn to honor one another. And I think there's, there's something to be learned here about, again, like uh, what, what, pl- what place does varying levels of authority have in a culture where we're learning to honor one another? Um, and so I, I think there's something to learn there that, um, that it, I think is, you know, biblical and important, but it's, um, obviously the loyalty culture that we talked about in the first, uh, episode, the other, the toxic leadership culture episode, that is a distortion of, you know, um, the honor that we are, uh, to be giving one another. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I think that's a good, um, it's alliterated. So it's at least you get, it's got that going for you, Matt. Love culture. <laughs> Thanks. It's not just a loyalty culture. So as at least that. Christy, what do you, you got any reflections on this? Yeah. I, I mean, I was just going to say, you know, in our gravity kind of community, we talk about love being full of grace and full of truth. Yeah. And I think in the loyalty culture, it's just full of grace. Um, at least the people who are under the, the leader, right. They, they just give lots and lots of grace and there really isn't a space to, um, ask compassionate, curious questions and get real honest answers, right. There isn't the truth aspect to it. Like the only thing you're allowed to give to the leader, the person at the top is affirmation and agreement. Is that kind of what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and almost like, I mean, we just talked about disagreement, but almost like disagreement equals disconnection. So if you agree, right. then you're connected to the mm-hmm. leader, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I agree. I think, uh, just defining love as full of grace and full of truth together, c- calibrating both together, um, in that culture of love. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think if we learn to honor, um, you know, Paul, Paul does a, a lot of work to honor the weaker vessel or honor, honor the, yeah. the weaker part or honor the, the, the weak person, the w- person of weak conscience, right? Uh, in Romans even. I think that we can create a culture where uh, it's allergic to somebody holding themselves up as the strong man, mm-hmm. you know, becoming the mouthpiece, right? The brand rep. Like, uh, I think it's, we have to actually build a culture that's allergic to that. So if somebody tries to pull that, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like this, like it, nobody responds to it. So yeah, like that, <laughs> if I could, yeah. I, I, can I tell a story about this? We had this, we had a, we had a friend bring somebody to our church and I forget the guy's name. Let's just call him Bob. Bob was a retired pastor. And I met Bob after church. I said, hey, Bob, I'm Father Matt. He said, I'm Bob. I have spent time with Henry Nowen. <laughs> and, he went, 
And that was like the first words out of his mouth. And then he went on to like <laughs> basically tell me where he, he graduated from all these prestigious schools and he'd spent time uh, studying and writing with all these prestigious people. And I remember thinking as he's talking, mm. oh man, like so many church spaces reward this. And, and so mm. many... Like this guy came by this honestly. Like this is how you sure. this is how you demonstrate utility or worth so that people accept you and 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 want you to be a part of who they are, right? And I yeah. I I remember thinking, okay, uh don't laugh. <laughs> like this is a pastorally sensitive situation. Um yeah. but also I wanted to just give him something different. Uh yeah. rather than me being impressed or me mocking him, just saying, thanks for sharing that, Bob. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And why don't you hang out with us for a little bit and see if you like this place and want to belong here? Yeah. You know, we're not going to let you teach a class next Sunday, probably. <laughs> that, that, you know, that's a good example. I mean, it's an extreme example. I, I remember that as well. Um, he, uh, that guy gave, gave me his CV the first Sunday he visited. That's like the so resume. That's my like a resume, a religious yeah, yeah. resume. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, curriculum vitae. <clears throat> so, um, so anyway, so it was like, you know, clearly, so it's an extreme example of it, but it also, I think, is an interesting, also like holding authority well in that, in that regard means, yeah, you don't let that guy teach a Sunday school class, right? Like that's not going to be good for this community or for him. And so there's a, there's a way of, kind of holding authority, I think, uh, in a way that, that helps everybody, um, in situations like that. Um, but you know, from the leader perspective, um, name dropping mm. can just die. <laughs> people can just stop name dropping. Uh, like when people do that, I, it's just silly. You guys, I've and done so, it. I have done it. Oh, so have and I. I've, so have and I. And as the words are coming out of my mouth, I feel so oh gross. Put them back in. Yes. Put them back in. Yes. Paste is out of the tube. Ugh. Oh gosh. Yeah. I yeah, I actually confessed that to Tom Wright last time we were together and uh, he had some really <laughs> encouraging words for me. <laughs> it's it's stuff I really can't share. Yeah, he told me not to yet. repeat it. So yeah. I mean, no, I like doing that kind of stuff. It's just so gross. Uh, all right. Yeah. We'll be right back. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's get back to the show. All right. Distributing power. Um, not, not gatekeeping, but collaborating. Number one. Number two, mm -hmm. reality is complicated. So uh, I'll really listen to people. 
don't control the narrative and and name disagreement where it exists. Um, and and then I think too this 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 necessitates getting clear on what can we disagree about and what can we not. Yeah. And and even that you don't have to agree with me on that, but <laughs> but also this is my conviction and this this is what this means for us, right? Yeah. You don't have to agree with me, but this is my conviction and this is what it means for me in this relationship. Number three, we're moving from a loyalty culture to a love culture, um, as we just shared. And number four, remember we talked mm-hmm. about uh, toxic leadership environments where leaders are unable to have a kairos, right? Nice. They They have a thought and that's it and they run with it. And then if you try to bring something to them that contradicts how they're acting or their self-awareness, there's no self-awareness, right? They just kind of lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to create a, a healthy leadership culture, we need to develop a culture um, that celebrates and honors learning. Mm. So going yeah. from an expert culture to a student or learning culture. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give one example of this. Uh, Christy, we've told the story here on the podcast before that when we were in seminary, you and Paul came to our church and, and it, you were actually the first woman to preach at that church. Um, and, you know, so this is 15 years ago. I was all for like women preaching, women ministry. Um, but I had so many blind spots to my misogyny, to sort of ins- like uh, insidious kind of latent patriarchy, to habits of how I showed up as a man in the world that in, uh, inhibited women from really uh, showing up and being women in spaces I was in. And I remember finding that out by like women like getting upset with me or telling me or even some guys calling me out. And my immediate response to all that is, that can't be true because I support women in ministry. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so I think it's even... So if you, if you tell a pastor they have to learn about quantum physics, most pastors will be like, yeah, I don't know anything about that. But when it's about something that they feel competent in or they mm-hmm. feel educated in, that's a particularly difficult place because we feel like we have figured it out. We feel like we do have something to offer. So, so yeah. learning to have a healthy leadership culture is learning that even in your places of competency, where you feel like you have strong convictions, that you ha- ha- learning to be teachable there. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, one example that comes to mind for me is um, even in the situation that we referenced earlier um, in the process that our church went through of, um, you know, leaving our denomination, um, none of us had really led a process of that kind of, um, I guess, magnitude of change. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, um, we did a couple things during that process that um, were new. (laughs) One, one was like we hired, um, a couple, a couple times, like just some coaches, some, some leadership coaches that we trusted to basically just say, Hey, uh, this is our best, you know, efforts at what we think might be helpful here. Like, can you shoot holes in this and help us understand, you know, where we might be 
you know, tripping over our own feet here and help us understand what makes for a good process here. Um, and I, I just remember thinking, you know, like gravity leadership was started. And one of the things we do is like consult and coach mm-hmm. leaders, <laughs> you know? And so there was a little bit of, you know, it's only mild, but it was like a mild, like humbling to be like, okay, well, you know, I know, I, I know I coach other leaders, but I, I actually need some coaching here. I need some help, you know, that I'm doing this. Um, and we, we actually, during the pro the other example is that during that process, we actually adjusted the way that we did it while we were doing it because we learned as we were going like, oh, this is what people are saying they need from us. And that's different than what we thought they would need. And so mm-hmm. let's make some adjustments and let's, you know, uh, you know, move ahead here and let's put the brakes on here and let's, you know, have, have lunch meetings. And, you know, th- so there was a lot of conversation that had to be had to just even learn Hey, how is this impacting you? And what do you need? And I remember several conversations where I admitted, you know, that I was wrong about something and said, okay, well, I, this is what I, this is my best shot before I'm hearing you say the X, Y, and Z. And so I guess, I guess we need to do this a little bit differently. And so, um, so we'll make some adjustments, you know, back to the drawing board and we'll learn, we'll learn as we go here. Um, and I, I think that was a, a helpful way to walk through that, but again, a bit humbling. Which tells me that your relationship with failure is like you're friends with failure, not in like a a bad way, but I mean, you're okay to fail and learn from it. And I think especially within faith communities, failure is considered like the worst possible thing. You can't fail. You Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so if we could just kind of admit, hey, this is where I'm growing. This is where I failed. This is what I'm learning. Yeah. I'm not sure that that type of environment is really welcomed yeah. and, and yet is very healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I think there's a, there's, there, there are some failures that are disqualifying, but I think yes. the culture yeah. that we oftentimes f- feel stuck in is a culture where every failure is disqualifying. So I can't admit Right. That I did something wrong because I'm, it, it sort of calls into question my whole calling, you know, mm-hmm. like, can yeah. I even do this job? You know? Um, so yeah, I think that, that, I think it's healthy. Yeah. This is one of the costs of an expert culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Is that we can't, we can't fail or be wrong. And if we can't fail or be wrong, we can't learn. And so uh, yeah. again, this isn't to valorize failure, right? There's things I could do, failures I could make that would be tragic and awful, right. not just for me as a pastor, but for me as a human, right? But leading a, like leading a discernment process, leading a denomination, and, and having to learn from other people how to do that well, and in the moment saying, even to like our leadership team in our vestry, when it's all done, hey, I did X, Y, and Z, and I wouldn't do those again, mm-hmm. right? And even as I said that, there were people on the leadership team that disagreed with me. They thought I should do it again. Again, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Right. If, if, if you're in a conflict with somebody um, and, and the person on the other side of the table, you ask them, hey, what would you do differently? And their answer is nothing. I would do nothing differently in this, in this conflict. My guess is, man, yeah. they're not, they're unable to have a Kairos in, in that moment. Then yeah. they're not able to actually look inside yeah. and see what's going on in them. Yeah. Yep. Not because I think it's all their fault, mm-hmm. but because conflict involves two people, right? Yeah. Or two parties. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's the fifth one, Christy. You've anticipated our fifth. Great segue. Yeah. Hey. Woo. She's a, that's why you pay me the big bucks. Mm-hmm. 
Pink headphones and a pink hat. Just kidding. I don't Pro get paid podcaster. for this, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. ne- neither do we. Nobody gets paid. So. No. Um, yeah, I think we talked about the uh, unhealthy or toxic leadership cultures that conflict is mishandled. Um, we don't know what to do with it, how to handle it. And I think that uh, in in places that are have more health, that conflict is handled in uh, a better way. Um. There's a lot of ways to talk about this. And in fact, I think this is so important and we need so much work here that I think we're going to start a series on uh, what does it mean to be trauma-informed? Because as I think about the mistakes I've made within conflict, it's been two major reasons. One, I wasn't aware when my trauma came online and hijacked my best self. And two, I wasn't aware when other people's trauma came online and I didn't realize that it was an opportunity to care for them because I was too, uh, well, I was ignorant about how trauma works, but I was also too engrossed or wrapped up in this, this argument or a disagreement we're having and, and, and having to win that. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot to learn out there. And (laughs) yes, there is. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that, Matt. And I think specifically this trauma, like understanding how trauma um, comes online, how it works in to sabotage our best attempts at conflict <laughs> resolution. Um, it's one of the most helpful pieces of learning that I am sort of uh, actively undergoing right now. Um, it, it has been so helpful. Just, uh, I don't know. Can't, I feel like I can't overstate it, um, how helpful it's been to, to, yeah, to understand that, how it feels when trauma comes online. And again, when we say traumas here, we're it's maybe say it's small T traumas. It's not like everybody's, you know, got a, has been through war or some, you know, some yeah. like really traumatic event, but you know, little things that can, from our past that can come online in our bodies in the present in situations that really have nothing to do with the past, but we think, you know, our bodies are convinced that that past situation is now happening again and we react as if it's happening. Um, and, and we have to, there's no way, there's no way forward until you go a little bit backwards and get back into your prefrontal cortex and do some <laughs> breathing. You have to sort of get out of that phase. And, and I've, I know I, I'm the same as you, Matt. I think a lot of the mistakes I've made not just in ministry and in leadership, but in my marriage. And yes, and my I was kids, thinking the same you thing. Know? You've made so many mistakes like, in your marriage like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, family, Thank, family yeah, life. I'm finally admitting it. I'm affirming but this. But yeah, family life, these are, the, these are the people we talk with most often. And, and just those failures basically were like a lack of awareness of what's happening in my body, in somebody else's body, and just the ability to like, hey, let's let's get to a different space so that we can we can really work through this. Um, so anyway, it's, it's been super helpful. Yeah. I was actually in a conversation. My husband and I were in a conversation with, um, another couple recently and I recognized my own trauma coming to the surface as this, this couple was like asking us advice on something that was really sensitive mm-hmm. and in, in a topic that involved my own past history. And at one point I like, Everything in me wanted to just like scream and be like, you all are crazy. You know, like, I don't know. I just had lots of things to yeah. say. <laughs> and I like looked at Paul and like made these 
these like, I don't know, eyes <laughs> of like, help me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and he kind of, I mean, he, obviously we know each other. He looked at me and could tell like, okay, it's not time for Christy to talk at this moment. And so yeah. he kind of helped ask questions to this couple where I could kind of sit there for a few minutes and take some deep breaths, put my feet on the floor, like, you know, like all these things that my counselors helped me do and, and, you know, as different rhythms and tools to help me in this, to then be able to finish the conversation and then, you know, enter back in. And, um, but that, that thing that, that took me like, I don't know, 10 minutes and my husband to help me in took me like, 18 months to actually learn all of that stuff and then actually Im- implement it into conversations. Mm-hmm. So when I say there's a lot to learn, I just feel like there's a lot out there that we got to keep on yeah. learning and practicing in our own lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. good. Yeah. One of the things that we, we, maybe we can end with this. One of the things we train leaders to do and Christians to do is learn how to notice Kairos moments in particular Kairos moments where there's a lot at stake or something is under threat, right? Or we have a promise of something we don't have. So the, those those two kind of heighten heighten the stakes and create conflict. Um, and we train people on how to uh, to notice the things that God and Jesus deal with in Scripture, which is the human's need for significance, belonging, and security. And those three things are created needs for humans. And when we either are seeking them because we don't have them, or we have them and we're going to lose them, that's when all hell breaks loose. That's when conflict really ramps up. So if we can become the kinds of people who notice when those things are happening, we have a much greater chance of not wounding and hurting and hiding and doing all the manner of junk we do in conflict. We, we actually are m- much more likely to be stay present, stay calm, stay aware, take care of ourselves, take care of the person we disagree with, and move through it together, right? And yeah. maybe even experience yeah. the kingdom of God. <laughs> yeah? yeah. Well, well, when you put it that when way, you put it. it seems like it's a good thing. So, yeah, and actually the goal then of a, of a healthy leadership isn't to avoid conflict. No. It's to, it's yeah. to enter into it in a holy way to learn yes. the things that make yeah. for peace, not just know the things to keep the peace. Yeah. Come on. Yep. That's quotable. Okay. I'm going to use that Do later. It. Yep. Write it down. Write it down. So anyway, listener, really grateful for your thoughtful and heartfelt engagement. Thank you. Um, you know, there were, I had to actually take a break from reading some of your emails because... Um, you communicated so clearly the angst and the pain and the difficulty that toxic leadership environments have created for you and your families. And so thanks for sharing that with us. You're not alone. And it also uh, spurred us on to create this additional podcast where we don't just name what's wrong, but like Christy narrated earlier on, proclaim good things that we can live into and even look for, you know, as we seek to put down roots and commit to people in local congregations. So thanks, listener. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. Uh, let's keep the dialogue going, if you'd like. If you've got time and inclination, email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. We read all the emails that come through and um, look forward to interacting with you um, and hearing kind of from your side of this conversation. It's kind of a, podcasts are weird, right? It's kind of a 
kind of a conversation, but it's it feels one-sided sometimes. And so it's often very, very helpful to hear from you uh, as to how things are impacting you and, um, and um, yeah, ways that you're responding. So anyway, feel free to email us. Or visit. Or, or visit. visit. You Colorado can always Springs. go to Colorado Springs. <laughs> yeah. With the listener last week, friends. Did you? So somebody took it's, me up on it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Christy is not so. just, uh, she's not just pretending to be nice. Like she is genuinely hospitable and will have coffee with you. So, yep. and she might even wear, she's wearing a hat today, dear listener, that says, smile, you matter. It's a pink hat. That's right. Maybe she'll even wear that and bless you if you come and visit. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, ben, I want you and to know friends. as you were talking that I had time and inclination and did send podcasts at gravityleadership.com an email. Just to see if it works? Well, no, I just had, I realized I oh. wanted to do it and I had time. I wanted to do it. Okay. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. What's I, good right, for the goose is good for the gander, I guess. You know, I'm uh-huh, asking other people to uh-huh. do it, so I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I just got it. Yep. It's good. It, it's working. <laughs> Listener, it works. <laughs> the podcast email address works. Time. So we are being silly. All right. Peace, y'all. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, we'd love it if you tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Joining our Gravity community is free. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sternke edits and mixes the podcast, and you can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start record button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.